Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Can you preach for me? Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to uh, just gather together once again as a church family. Be with us as we close out our series better. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this past uh, couple weeks for the month of January, we have been focusing on a series called Better. The first week, we talked about having better priorities. Who is the Lord of your life? Where are your priorities? Uh, the second week, Bill talked about relationships. How can we have better relationships? How should we invest our time with, and who uh, should we invest our time with? Um, and uh, also last week, we talked about making better choices. I had a thought, too, afterwards um, the other day, and I hope what I did not want to say is, like, if you make a bad choice, that's it. That's the end. Obviously, we're all sinners in need of grace. Amen. So if I gave that impression, I do apologize. That's not what I meant. Today, we're going to talk about how can we be a better witness. <clears throat> now, earlier this week, I, I posted a video. Um, if you follow our, our YouTube page, um, about an experience that I recently had of. I was out. It was a little later, and I needed to get dinner, and I was on my way to my next appointment. So I ordered online tapped everything, all the, the ingredients, everything that I wanted with my food, sent it in, and picked it up 15 minutes later. Except when I walked inside to the restaurant, I popped the box open to make sure everything was synced and perfect, and it was not. Because in my food, there was only two sauces, not three. Same quantity that was required, but not divide up three ways. So I asked, I am sorry, but there is a mistake here. And they looked at the receipt and they said, nope, that's what it is. But if you want more food, you're, you're free to order it. And I'm like, but I already made an order. You guys messed up in my head. I didn't say that. But I was thinking it. And of course, unfortunately, I just I didn't have enough time out to get to my next appointment. I cut my losses. I went back to the car. And yet this still irked me. I was hangry. I was hungry and angry. And I looked, and I got my phone out. I went. I did a deep dive on the receipts. Truth be told, I was in the wrong. For whatever reason, even though I punched all of the ingredients that I wanted, it came out wrong. I couldn't blame them. So thank the Lord I did not say what I wanted to say. And it got me thinking, how often do we sometimes, even when we're hangry, we sometimes say or do things that we don't necessarily even mean? Or let's be honest, sometimes we do mean them because we want to get them. We want to get that zinger in, right? But if we're going to be all representatives for Jesus, which God has called us to be, God has called us to be better witnesses, how do you think that's going to land where I'm going to put you down, but you still need to love Jesus? 
not going to go over pretty good. So today we're talking about how can we be better witnesses? Well, the first thing is, obviously, Jesus has called us to be a witness. Being a disciple of Jesus, the basic tenet is to go out, as Jesus says, to teach, preach, to baptize, to make disciples, other followers of Jesus. The beautiful thing is we're not alone. Let's jump to the book of Acts. The book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8. And if you're new to reading the Bible, it's towards about two-thirds of the way through the Bible. After Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's this book called Acts. And let's go to the first, uh, the first chapter. And starting at verse 8. Man, it used to be so much faster looking for, for verses. I'm slowing down. Okay, and starting at verse 8. Actually, let's, let's start at verse 7. Um, Jesus says to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive what? Power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and to the ends of the earth. So where are they called to be witnesses geographically? It says Jerusalem, right? Start out small, go to the local roads, maybe the post office, the grocery store, city hall, your neighborhood. But then Jesus expands it even further. It's not just there, though, but into all of Judea, Samaria. Think bigger. Think county, state, and then country. And then the last part, though, to the ends of the earth? Meaning this gospel message is not just for here in Jerusalem but for all of the world. Now, the beautiful thing, though, is we all have a helper. We have the Holy Spirit. And as it says, uh, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. Now, if you read the next chapter, chapter 2, it, it details that experience when Pentecost happens, and, and, the, and, the, and the Holy Spirit shows up in a big way. Now. There are good news. The good news is, yes, God has called us to be a witness in all areas of the world. And in order to do that, though, if we want to be a witness, we're going to bear witness to something. Should we not have a good idea of what we're talking about? So obviously, we should probably know who God is know who Jesus is, and how do we do that? Number one, the obvious answer is just, number one, diving into the Word, diving into your Bible. But we can also always have conversations, share, learn. What do other people have to say? What is their experience of how God has been interacting in their lives, and how is God working in your life? The Greek word for witness is a word called Martis. Everybody say Martis. Okay, you could translate as a martyr, and it shows up pretty predominant, uh, pretty pretty good in the Book of Acts. As the early church Christians, when they demonstrated their faith, some were uh, received with grace and joy. In other areas, were they always welcomed with love? 
No, in some cases, they died, right? They were, they were, um, they were ridiculed. They were questioned. But even then, and despite all of the efforts from the government and, 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 and those who were condemning Christianity, the church moved forward. In fact, it just didn't move forward. It flourished. Thousands of people were being baptized every day. So spend time with God. D.L. Moody uh, was running a series of meetings. He's a famous uh, preacher, pastor from many, many years ago. And uh, he once was talking to a man who testified that he lived on the Mount of Transfiguration for five years. And it, it, he, he was talking about it as he was so pious and so humble. And so Dwight asked him some questions. How many, how many souls did you lead to Christ last year? And he said, well, uh, the, 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 I, I, I don't know. Has anybody been saved? It's like, um, I, 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 I no. And he asked him, we don't, we don't want that kind of mountaintop experience if it doesn't translate to the rest of the world. Even if you can get so high up, but you can't reach down and help others, are you doing any good, essentially? Now, this new year, it's the first month of the year. Perhaps we should challenge ourselves. How can I be a better witness? How can I love my neighbors, my family, my coworkers, the strangers that I pass by better? We're called to shine for Jesus. We're called to shine for Jesus. When you look through the Gospels, there are plenty of opportunities where we can see how we can be a better witness. But in the beginning, Jesus uh, shares, a, uh, shares uh, some ideas of how we could be a better witness. And it's a passage that we have looked at in the past, but we'll just, I want to briefly mention it again. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Let's jump to Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. We're going to be looking up the Bible, by the way. So just have your finger on the Bible at all times. All right. We all there? You are the what? The light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under the bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. What is the purpose of light? So we can see, right? During the day, we have the sun to take care of outside, and it sometimes reflects inside your home. But a light is there to help us see. If we don't have light, what happens? It's going to get colder, for one. But also, we needed to be able to see. Have you ever walked through your house when it's dark? Have you ever kicked the coffee table? Have you ever stepped on Legos? Yes. <laughs> that was a very resounding yes. Have you ever walked in a door? Yes. <laughs> Another resounding affirming uh, yes. Have you ever walked through a tree branch? OK, it's just me. <laughs> We need light to be able to walk through. If, have you ever, oh man, Camp Cedar Falls. I've worked there for many, many years. 
If you don't have a flashlight at, light, at night, you could either hit a rock, you could fall over easily, right? Light is important for us to be able to see. It helps guide us. Have you ever walked into an old place or maybe you found a bunch of cockroaches? Ooh. And you shine a light on them or you flip the lights on, what happens? They all scatter everywhere. At least they don't fly here, right? I lived on an island of Guam. They can fly over there. So it's another thing, though, to be able to see, but the light also reveals the things about ourselves that we sometimes probably don't want to have others know about us, right? It shines a light on uncomfortable areas where we realize, oh, I maybe made this mistake 15 years ago, or they know my insecurities, or uh, I just, whatever it could be. The light exposes truth. And sometimes that can be scary because we don't want to admit our faults. We don't want, we just want to hide our heads in the ground. But that's not what God has called us to do. To be a faithful believer means we have to be honest with ourselves. But the thing is, light is meant for good. Bad things happen in the darkness, but light shines. Light is meant for good. And so, you know, if the disciples, they wanted to have light, they could just go outside. Otherwise, they'd have to light a candle at that point. Now, we just have phones, and as long as you have power and energy, you can light your way wherever you need to go. Now, Jesus also was born into this world, and he says, I am the light of the world in John. He came into a world that was dark and foreboding, and he brought joy, he brought happiness, he brought relief, but he also brought love and truth. Jesus says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. When we're called to be witnesses, we cannot hide, and yet, for some of us, it's like, no, I like being at home, or I'm ashamed. Don't be ashamed. One of the greatest challenges to living as a better witness is the fear of what others think about us. How many of you, not just for sharing the gospel, but how many of you are fearful of going outside and sharing what you really think? I am sometimes. Honestly, every time I get up here and I say something into the camera, I fear, is that going to be used against me later? I'm serious. How many times have you been misrepresented in your life, right? How many times have you been misunderstood? And then we all want to go out and share Jesus when the world is becoming even more hostile to Christianity. No, thanks. Let me just live in my cocoon, my little corner. Leave me be. Don't bother me. But, I'll add to that, what if you had the greatest thing happen to you? Are you going to keep that inside? Guys, when you found your wife, when you found the love of your life, were you quiet about it? Well, maybe if you're scared about how your family was going to treat them, yeah, you might be a little scared. <laughs> but it, when you found your true love, were you quiet about it? Were you silent? No! You found the best person for you. You found your soulmate. You found your one. 
And you're not going to be quiet about it. You can't hide that on your face. Amen? When you truly are happy and joyful, you're not going to be like, I just found the best person for my whole life. We're going to get married. No, I found the person for me. God has blessed me. Amen. And you're going to share that with others. You don't even have to say anything. It's on your face. So don't be ashamed for what you're confident and truly happy about. Now, Paul also says in Romans 1, verse 16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. Paul was a person who was not timid. Uh, he, he would not be silenced. He would not stop. He didn't have to hide his faith because of all the wonderful experiences that he had in his life, he shared it with others. And he didn't care. He didn't care about being canceled. He didn't care that he would give his life for Christ. He didn't care what people thought of him. Now, obviously, we should be mindful of, do we want a bad reputation? No, we don't. So don't do things that would question it. But at the same time, too, if you're living with authenticity, if you're living with integrity, if you're treating people well, if you're trying to do the right thing, is that not a good thing? And yet in today's age, that's frowned upon. Why do you have to be such a goody two-shoes? Why can't you just help me out? Like, just don't say anything or, or oh my goodness. I, there's this pod, uh, I, I don't remember the name of this podcast, but in the story, he was sharing, they, they were reading the story of a guy who lived in a home with, I think, four other guys and the leader of the pack had a girlfriend, but was cheating on her with another person. And this wasn't like the first time. This was like the seventh or the tenth time. Now at that, and he expected the guys, hey, can you just help me out? Like, lie to my girlfriend. I'm going to be over here seeing Susan. Just tell Cindy, I'll be back later, right? And you have to think about it. Like, do you want to be around people who are saying that's okay? No, it's not. So who you hang out with, who you spend time with. We're talking about better relationships, better choices. Think wisely. It's, we live in a world that it just seems like doing the right thing is not only uncomfortable, but it's not cool anymore. Oof. But here's the thing. If you're honest and if you say what you think and you believe, will people trust you? They will. It may hurt a little bit from time to time, but people, when they know that they can trust you, when you say something and you say it with conviction, though they may joke around, they know deep in their hearts they want what you have, but they're scared to take that step. But in Jesus, all things are possible. In Jesus, we have courage, we have hope through the Holy Spirit. And yeah, it's tough to stand for what's true and what's right. I get it. But at least you can sleep with a clear conscience at night. And that sometimes, 
that little thing, you could have a horrible bed. You could have horrible sheets and, and, and blankets. But at least you can sleep with a clear conscience. So live with integrity. And at times, we're not always going to get it right. But that's what life is. Anybody here never made a mistake? OK, if I see somebody's hands raised, I'm calling shenanigans. We've all made mistakes. It's what we do with our mistakes. It's what we do with our failures. Are we just going to keep making mistakes and failures over and over again? Or are we going to say, OK, let's not do that again. Let's learn from our failures. That's where growth happens. We learn from our failures and our mistakes. Did, did the disciples get it right all the time? No. But they learned and they grew. So what is the greatest tool for being a witness? And I've shared this before. Let me, let me, let's go to the scripture of how we can find the greatest tool. Let's jump to our last verse, chapter, oh, 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. Okay, 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16. All right, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give you the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed at their slander. What's the answer here? How has Christ worked in your life? How has God worked in your life? And if you're kind of thinking about it, oh, blah, 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 I don't know. It's time to step out in faith. Practice what you preach. And sometimes that's a daunting task because we realize that means I'm going to have to trust someone or something when I don't know what the response is going to be, right? We all, when we first became a believer, and we truly had to keep our trust in God, and sometimes it looked like we were looking over a precipice, a cliff, and you know you have to take that step of faith forward. Knowing how God has worked in your life Jot those things down. Write them down. Put them in your Bible, uh, blah, 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 your phone, if you have to. When somebody asks, why are you different? Why do you believe in God? Because God helped me through cancer. God helped me restore my marriage. God brought my child back from the brink of death. God helped me to overcome a very malicious neighbor. God helped me to keep my job, and not just keep my job, but to get a raise and help me to thrive. Whatever situation you are in, God is able to do wonderful and beautiful things. So my question to you all, what is the greatest tool for being a witness? Sharing your story. Who can we share that story with? Okay. What holds you back from being a witness? What are some of the things that tell you that you tell yourself, I can't do that? I'm not smart. We all come up with excuses. And sometimes you don't even have to say anything. One of the greatest things that you can just do is be there for a friend or help them out. One of the most difficult times in my life, um, some of my closest friends, they didn't understand 
what I was dealing with. And they didn't have to. But sharing meals, getting together, and just knowing that I was not alone was the most restoring thing that I could have had. Having my wife with me, her seeing all of the ugliness that I've had to deal with. I just, I can't, I thank God every day that I have her. She's the best thing that happened to me. And in those deepest of darkest things, God can call you out. And God wants you to share those stories of how God has helped you and redeemed you and set you up for a future of grace, of love. And God wants you to share that joy, that relief, that love with others. If God has truly impacted your life, why keep it to yourself? Why not share it with others? So who can you share that with? Who in your life? And don't always just go out and share, hey, you need to, see Jesus. You need to know Jesus. Pick a good time. Get to know them. But don't just get to know them to be able to share Jesus. Get to know them because you love them. So share with someone something that God is doing in your life right now. God helped you, uh, God helped you avoid a major collision this morning, whatever it may be. Share it with a coworker. Share it with your spouse. Share it with your neighbor. Something simple. And as you, get, as you grow in faith, you can be comfortable enough to share the deeper things and get to know God. And when you get to know God, you'll be able to do abundantly more than you could ever imagine through Jesus. Father in heaven, Lord, as we just take the time now to pause, help us, Lord, to think of someone this week someone close or maybe even a stranger of one thing that you're doing in our lives or how you've helped us. Lord, instill upon our hearts who that person is and what you want us to share with them. God, though, for the rest of the time being, keep us safe, protect us, watch over us, be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace, everyone.